Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, today I wanted to start with a topic that we talk about a lot, but haven't really dove into, which is the concept of sacrificing for the faith in the terms of a self-sacrifice and why that's important um, as far as our self-development and how that builds the pathway to actually getting closer to God by using the Spirit and His gifts. So that's the starting point I wanted to go with and see where the conversation goes from there. You're uh, taking in all of this Catholic language more and more, Joe. Uh, do, uh, how, does the, how does the world talk about sacrifice? And then we turn that into self-sacrifice. It's, uh, sacrifice is, is really a term of, of worship and of religion. Offering sacrifice is uh, something that every religion does. It's a, it's a part of worship. Animal sacrifice was a part of many religions, including the Jewish religion that we develop from. But ultimately, it comes to the point that you're making of self-sacrifice, of offering ourselves. And how do we offer ourselves? Well, not by taking a knife and uh, cutting something open and bleeding out onto, uh, onto the altar. Mm-hmm. So wh- what does it mean to really offer ourselves, and why is that important? And part of it comes back to, well, really the whole essence of it comes back to love. There's no love without sacrifice. The words, I love you, are completely empty if they're not filled with something which is really an offering of myself. The fact that we have a limited amount of time means that spending time with somebody is a sacrifice. It's an offering of time. Uh, We only have a limited amount of of energy, a limited amount of uh, creativity, a limited amount of money, a limited amount of all these things that are that are limited. When I choose to give away something that is mine, especially when it's a limited resource that I can't get back, that's a sacrifice. And those all become acts of love when we're willing to sacrifice our limited time and willing to sacrifice our limited resources when we're willing to sacrifice our our limited amount of attention or hours in the day, then it's a it's a it's an act of love for uh, for someone. Now, sometimes we do those things as a careful business investment. I'm going to invest X amount of money with the expectation that I'm going to get X amount of money back. Well, mm-hmm. that's a risk. It's less of a sacrifice. Uh, it's it's more of a strategic maneuver in order to accumulate more, and it ultimately has our self-interest as the focus of it. But when I choose to give something away to somebody without the expectation of anything in return, that's a sacrifice, and I make that that self-offering. Again, it's an act of love. Love by its nature doesn't expect something in return. Love by its nature is directed toward the good of the other, and whatever I'm sacrificing is for the sake of the beloved. So how does all of that tie into religion? Well, we can start to see how our Christian religion is opening toward what is also most meaningful in life, 
that when we learn to sacrifice for God, that helps us also sacrifice for others, for human beings. And likewise, when we sacrifice for human beings, that helps us to sacrifice for God. Uh, someone, I just learned this term recently, described that sacrifice for human beings as ethical worship. So we worship by doing what is good, by, by choosing a way of behaving that is in accord with our Christian faith, out of obedience, really, to God's command to love one another as he has loved us. So all of it gets tied in, and I'm, I'm more capable of that ethical worship of serving my brothers and sisters and growing in love because of my liturgical worship when I come to the liturgy, the Mass, and I offer the sacrifice of myself together with the sacrifice of God's self that he entrusted to us. God himself gives us the pattern by coming in our flesh in Jesus Christ and making an offering of himself on the cross. And he entrusts that offering to us to enter into more and more fully in the Eucharist. That once for all offering on the cross is made an eternal moment that we can enter into like a time machine, you know, or mm -hmm. we, we can think of these technological analogies, but we can enter into the, the mass is like a time machine that takes us into that original uh, and, and fullest experience of sacrifice that Jesus offered on the cross and entrusted to us at the Last Supper. Take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. And the body of Christ, broken the blood of Christ, poured out for us for and for all, for many, is, is part of that, that uh, fullness of sacrifice. Anyway, that models, it conditions, it teaches, and it empowers us also to offer sacrifice and, and to sacrifice for our brothers and sisters and, and to make that sacrifice uh, to God as well. So, again, just to come back around to the point that I want to impress most importantly, it's all about love. It's all about love. Love is about sacrifice, and sacrifice is about love. And and what, when we when do we feel most fulfilled? I dare say, as as much as you've had great moments in your job and it's exciting to see your business grow, and you make different contacts, and you have different wins, and we have different experiences of victory and all these kinds of things, they all pale in comparison to the love story. They all pale in comparison to, to courting and romance and marriage and children and family. And those things have the, the deepest and most lasting value and the greatest meaning if we really sacrifice for them, if we really enter into them. Now, people live superficial marriages and have superficial relationships that are not as satisfying, but when we really allow ourselves to be captivated by the beloved and pour out our heart and response and service and self-sacrifice, there's nothing more exciting than that in, in our lives. And so that's what, that's what sacrifice is all wrapped around. And our love for God, our sacrifice for him, ultimately also pours itself out for our beloved in, in those human relationships. Okay, so to kind of take out what you said there to make sure that I'm on the right lines here, the most important part 
is to do it without expecting something in return. To be essentially selfless in whatever action you're doing for someone else. And that this entire process of sacrificing is for the betterment of someone else around you. Am I on the same page so far? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So the, the term that is often used whenever I hear it in homilies or, or in descriptions therein of sacrifice is some form. Everyone uses this term a little bit differently, verbiage a little bit different, but the concept of dying to yourself and they're always used in the same context of each other of sacrifice and dying to yourself. Um, and I always took that as just being disciplined and not doing something that you know is wrong. But I wanted to see if there was more to that as we continue this conversation. Well, you just set it up right there and saying that we're doing, we're loving without expectation. So where more myself gets involved is in self-interest and self-centeredness and self-focus and self-absorption. Uh, so when I'm dying to myself, I'm allowing that to empty out and I'm focused on the other. I'm doing it without the expectation of getting something back for myself. That selflessness is what dying to self is is all about. And so that's that's where our... Now, normally we live in a space, we can call them impure motives. That is to say... Uh, there's some good motives, or, or I could say mixed motives. There's some good motives, there's some bad motives. There's some selfless motives and some selfish motives. <laughs> That's mostly the space that we live in. We're mostly yeah. in a process of purifying our motives. And, and that's what it really ultimately means to have a pure heart, is to be purely self-gift, purely other-centered, purely out of ourselves. That's really what a pure heart means. Uh, as we have pure motives, and again, that process of purifying our motives is much of the journey of our of our spiritual life. Then that that makes sense. So to to kind of put an example to this, it would be having something that you want to do and not doing it on behalf of someone else. So to give a basic example, you want to watch TV when you get home and relax, but instead you go and you felt yeah, you, know, you clean out the dishwasher or the kitchen or something like that. Just to make sure we're on the same page here. Sure, that's a great example. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. When we're we're putting someone else first and we're we're willing the good of the other before our own good. And uh other the other the opposite would be selfish. I'm going to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, however long I want to do it, how I want to do it. You know, I mean that's just selfishness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So when we're emptying ourselves out of that selfishness and putting someone else first, how does Teresa want to do it? How does what's the best thing for her? What's the best thing for our family? What's the best thing for the business? What's the best thing for, you know, I'm out of myself now. I'm putting someone else first. Yeah, a lot of balancing comes into effect there. So we spent a lot of attention talking about the Ten Commandments, about how you shouldn't lie, how you shouldn't murder obvious ones like that. Why is selfishness not on that list? Well, they're all about selfishness. 
why is it not explicitly said that I guess this is what I'm trying to, to get at. Because as scenes is looking around, a lot of the problems out there kind of in some format or another have been coming back either directly or implicitly to uh, to selfishness. So, Well, uh, you could say that it falls under the the commandment of idolatry. It's really making an idol out of ourselves. It's mm. making ourselves God before which we will offer sacrifice. So the difference between sacrificing myself for others and sacrificing others for myself is is where everything hinges, you know. So, uh, but when I sacrifice others for myself, I'm idolizing myself. I'm worshiping myself ultimately. So it's really you, you could almost say the all the Ten Commandments fall under the first commandment, which is Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I am the Lord your God, and you you know you shall love me with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. You know that's, but uh, but Jesus's summary of the Ten Commandments, you know. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself is, is ultimately going against selfishness. It's putting God and others first. And then Jesus takes it another step and says, love one another as I love you. So all of that is self-emptying, self-sacrificing, putting others, God and others before ourselves perfect perfect so yeah like i said i just felt that you look around at some of the big problems we have out there most of them tend to come from one format or another of 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 being selfish from the way that it's at least being described here you know you think of these examples you have of just tearing everyone else down so you feel better about yourself um, that's what I find the majority of social media doing, which makes me wonder why we advertise on it. Um, but nonetheless, the, the the core concept being that it just seems to be so rampant that that it doesn't get addressed directly. You know, you know we, we focus on the stuff that is the symptoms of it more or less than the cause. And yeah, I I just wanted to see if there's a way to to recorrect that because I think that so often it's it's just miss you know it's missed what you're doing and, and the impacts that it has across the spectrum of everyone around you. Well, it is very interesting. I mean, the the impact or or the uh, symptoms rather than the cause. You know, what is the cause? Where where does that selfishness get so deeply rooted? And you know, I don't think there's one answer to that, but it's it's a uh, teaches us something when Jesus says love one another as I love you, and one of the things that we can see very clearly is that God has communicated His redemption. He's redeemed us from our selfishness. He's bought us back from the slave master of selfishness because there is no more demanding slave master than selfishness. Our self is, is the most fierce and relentless uh, slave driver. And so Jesus redeems us from that by love. He reveals to us, he, he pours out on us the most amazing love that this world has ever known. 
as God became flesh and then lived out this entire life of love culminating in the, in the greatest act of love in his self-sacrifice on the cross as he takes all of our burdens onto himself, all of our sins onto himself, as he takes all of this uh, evil, suffering, hatred, all of it onto himself uh, to set us free, to allow us to, be, to experience love. And so it gives us an insight that at the cause, the root of selfishness, is really a lack of love, that when we're not genuinely loved, then then we, we tend to react out of that in different ways, and we grasp after love, and we try to control others, and we try to take love, and we try to get first, you know, and so it creates a, a kind of sick dynamic that, that puts the self at the center. So how do we get to the cause of that? Well, that's that's where selfless acts of love have a way of setting the whole thing in motion, you know. So Mother Teresa is a kind of sterling example of that. She didn't go out looking for loving people. She looked. She went out looking for the people most in need of love, and she just loved them. You know, a, a heap of bones on the side of the road who was had, had maybe minutes or hours left of life covered with maggots and sores and, and tatters of clothing gathered that person, a human person, into her arms, loved that person, and often brought out the best in that person, a person who might have fought for, clawed for food, understandably, became receptive to love in the arms of Mother Teresa. And so she set in, in motion uh, a revolution of tenderness, a revolution of love, by being the first link in a chain, that person having been loved, now she didn't only pick up heaps of bones, she also picked up people who, you know, whose lives were able to open up. And because they could receive love, they could also learn to give love. I remember I was visiting the Missionaries of Charity. I was giving their retreat in Washington, D.C., and they have a homeless shelter and an AIDS hospice there. And I was just walking through, I had to walk through the AIDS or the homeless shelter to get to where the chapel was to give the conferences to the sisters. But I walked by this guy, old black man with white hair mm. and kind of grizzled. And and he was just motionless, staring at this image of Our Lady on the wall. And I just stood behind him for a minute and just he just didn't move. And I just said... She's so beautiful, isn't she? And then he kind of half turned to me and still had an eye on her, and he said, and she's so filled with mercy. And I said, wow, you really know that. And he said, you know, I was filled with rage. He said, I was, I was beaten as a child and, and suffered brain damage, and I couldn't think as well as the other guys. And I ended up on the streets, and I had to fight for everything. And I, ha I hated everyone. I was seething with rage and just hated and fought. And he said, I got to such a bad place for years. I was living off of half-eaten hamburgers that I dug out of the trash, just living on the streets, had no one. And one of the sisters came up to me uh, one of the, and, and asked me if I wanted a place to live. I said, get away from me. I don't need your help. But 
few few weeks later, I ran into another sister, and she asked me if I needed a place to live, and I thought, well, I can just use these sisters. It would be nice to get out of the cold. So I went into this place, and I was mean to the sisters, mean to them. They tried to help me. They tried to talk to me, and I just yelled at them, swore at them, told them to get away from me. But they didn't stop loving me. They never stopped. And eventually, it got through to me, and... I started to soften, and they taught me how to pray, and I saw that their love was totally genuine. They weren't trying to get anything out of me. They weren't trying to use me, and I started to believe it, and I started to believe in Jesus and Mary, and I started to pray, and my heart softened. And the man that I was looking at, I could not imagine even raising his voice for anyone. He was so gentle. Looking into his eyes, I just saw wells of peace and gentleness. So it's the kind of impact that love can have to really free people from selfishness. Now, the missionaries of charity can only give that kind of love because they don't need it back from those people. They get it from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's where our worship is so important. We can't just reduce our religion to good works because we just don't have the font of love that we need to do the good works that we're called to do to have that ethical worship. We can't do it unless we have that relationship with God to keep getting filled up by his love. But anyway, just to give a rather lengthy, sorry about that explanation of how, uh, you know, how do we get to the cause? How do we get to the root of it? Well, love. Yeah. And that's a, that was a great, great example there. Uh, you know, maybe we, we don't see people as far as that extreme, as far as having decades worth of anger built up within them. But there certainly are examples of people with different elements of what you said that we can identify in our own lives. And I'm sure that's true for everyone else out there that, you know, we can fix it. You know, maybe we don't have a wing of our house that we can come and invite people in, <laughs> but... There are little things that we can do that will be nudged at the time to do. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's a, a fantastic example and one that, that elements of it that we can, can bring into. And, uh, so on that note, father, we covered a lot here in this cast, mostly about self-sacrifice and sacrifice and the origins of it being with love. And as we conclude today, I wanted to see if you had any final thoughts that you wanted to share with us for everyone out there as we carry out and conclude the cast. Oh, and just to say, uh, you know, every one of us, like you said, doesn't doesn't have a homeless shelter in our home, but uh, every one of us is in a situation where we can treat people with love or we can fight evil with evil. You know, I'm just thinking about you, Joe, and I, I don't know the details of the things you deal with, but being uh, someone who hires contractors and works with a lot of different people, you know, we all meet people when they're having a cranky day. Mm -hmm. And then, and because that hurts, we want to defend ourselves. And so we fight cranky with cranky. And now one person's cranky day has turned into two people's cranky day. But as Mother Teresa said, peace begins with a smile. You know, when we can respond to somebody not out of defensiveness and 
love them even though they haven't treated us well and see in that person a human being who is worthy of love because they're a human being, plain and simple. Then we also continue that revolution of love, really started by Jesus on the cross, the first link in a chain that has come to us, and will we pass on that chain and the actions that we take today. Perfect. Perfect. Well, please have everyone out there look in yourselves for an opportunity to do an action to expand the love in the form of the sacrifice as, as Christ calls us to do. So on that note, thank you everyone for listening. We will be here again next week as always. And please continue to help us spread the cast through either subscribing to us through your um, podcast site, giving us the reviews that you have been, or retweeting us here on Twitter at Father and Joe. We hope you all have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week.